a lot of us lack discipline because we are not clear on if we have a purpose. Mm. So a lot of us get to the point where it's like, I know I have a purpose. I know I'm supposed to be doing this. But there are a lot of us who I believe don't even know that it hasn't clicked for them that they do have a purpose. Hey family, I'm LaShawn and you're doing life with Lakeisha on Living Her Truth. Welcome to the Living Her Truth podcast, where we have honest conversations about what it means to live a purpose-driven life. I am your host, Lakeisha Wooder from LakeishaWooder.com, the place where women receive the tools necessary to feel seen, heard, and supported while pursuing their purpose. And now every week, you'll learn those same tools through candid and transparent conversations. Hey family, welcome to another episode. I am so excited that you're here. I do not take it lightly that you decided to hit that play button and spend about an hour of your time with me. So with that being said, I want you to know that I'm 100% invested in your self-awareness journey and you better believe that every week I'm bringing my A-game, okay, to provide you the tools necessary to live a more fulfilled purpose-driven life. So last week, we talked to Patrice Washington about how purpose is not an easy choice, it's a fulfilling choice. And during our conversation, we talked about purpose, what it means, you know, what purpose and action looks like, and the evolution of purpose. The episode was packed with so much great information that you probably walked away thinking, how? <laughs> how do I chase my purpose with so much passion and we're going to give you the answer today the key element you need is discipline it's discipline so i'm sitting down with a discipline expert lashawn g to talk about how we can discipline our day and use our personal experience to fuel our discipline for living in our truth y'all this is a conversation that's truly truly going to break some chains and set you free okay so let me go ahead and introduce my sister friend, LaShawn G, so we can go ahead and get into this conversation. LaShawn G is an educator, full-time, and a mindset coach dedicated to empowering women with the tools to help them get unstuck and activate discipline so they can achieve the lives they desire. A Hall of Famer and forever track and field athlete, LaShawn loves good, healthy competition, tasty food, a good laugh, and spontaneous road trips to new places that have great food waiting for her to experience. <laughs> So please enjoy my conversation with my girl, your discipline coach, LaShawn G. Sean, thank you, girl, for saying yes to having this conversation with me today. You are most welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. I am grateful for you, girl. Oh, thank you. Thank you, honey. So every episode, I like to start the conversation with talking about how I come to know the person that I am talking to. And you already heard the story because you were on uh, my show before, because Live Her Truth started out as an Instagram live. Um, <laughs> and it was awesome. A <laughs> little bit of a backstory. So I was 
at brunch with some friends and said that I wanted to do a show called Living Her Truth. And so next thing I know, a few weeks later, they hit me up and was like, hey, Keisha, you said you was going to do this show, you know, this interview series. Are you going to do it? You can interview me. And I was like, oh, okay. So they challenged me to do it. And so I did it. And going into planning, I had two people to interview off the bat because those were the two women that I went to brunch with. And so I was like, now who else can I um, get to interview? Because I did it in August and I wanted to just do just the month of August. And Sean was one of the people that I asked. And she said yes. And I was so excited because I was one of her groupies. Uh, that she didn't know about <laughs> i met i saw sean's um instagram profile like a few years ago and i was drawn to her because she shows you how to do workouts at home in your living room and i absolutely loved it and there were really good workouts that were challenging that i could do at home that was really quick and so i ran across her i followed her fell in love with her and like i said became a groupie and then what really made me like okay i'm gonna ask her if i can interview her was because she was doing a challenge that she has seen on another fitness page on instagram and she was doing the, doing the challenge and she was doing it like effortlessly and then she mentioned that she had just had surgery like not too long ago and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I have never been operated on. And I'm sitting here watching Sean do exercise and praying that the, the ad work is coming through the phone. And this woman then been through surgery and is doing a fitness challenge. I was like, oh my God, I got to have her on the show. Had her on the, on the show, did an interview. The interview was amazing. However, Instagram was not our friend. Because we have a lot of technical difficulties. <laughs> oh my goodness, we had a lot of technical difficulties. And when I went back to review it, I would, it just made me mad all over again because I had forgot about the technical difficulties when I was listening to the replay. And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna bring Sean back on for the podcast because what she has to say is amazing. Everybody needs to hear it. Um, and just within that last year, cause that was last year, August of 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, you have evolved so much since then. And I was just like, you know, even with the evolution, I got to have her on the podcast. So thank you once again. So that was the longer the short. <laughs> of how me and Sean came to have this conversation, <laughs> have this conversation on today. That, just hearing that is, you, you made me go back into memory lane because I almost forgot, like it was just a mm -hmm. little over a year ago now mm -hmm. that I had surgery. Well, a little longer than a year and a half, but mm -hmm. yeah, that was a really, really deep time in my life. And mm -hmm. I had to come out of a lot in 2018, but listen, Grateful for it all. Grateful. Mm -hmm. Grateful for it all. Because what you went through back then, I'm pretty sure is the reason why you are where you are right now. And we are going to get into that because I, like I said, the evolution has been, has been amazing. And I'm one of your, your biggest fans. And we're going to definitely talk about the evolution. But before we get to the evolution, I want to take it back because in our original conversation, we, um, 
learned about your birth story. I am not going to cry. <laughs> I am not going to why am I why am I feeling the tears come oh, up? Don't make me cry on here. <laughs> cry on here. But um we're gonna I wanna I wanna start off by talking about your amazing birth story because I think it's a great example of how man can give up on us so quickly mm-hmm. because they don't see the plan that God has for our lives, right? And I, I think that your story can definitely be something that somebody that can literally help someone, especially within the new, especially at the, at the top of the year, right? Because we go through so much. Um, the new year is a time where we say that, you know, we're going to renew ourselves. We're going to rebirth you know rebrand or whatever it is that we're gonna do right at the beginning of the year and i just think that your birth story you know can really um deliver some people so can you just tell us about your about your birth story yes i i I will it took me a long time i'll say to even really talk about it because uh i actually pinned some shame towards it so that shame comes from uh, learning a long time ago, learning probably when I was eight, seven or eight years old. I have a twin brother and our mother shared with us that we were adopted. And she shared that whole story with us. And I knew something was different, but to actually hear it from our mom, it was just like, oh, oh, this is a real thing. Like this actually happened. And the reason why I I actually carried shame around it is because it was something that she actually said that I don't think that she meant to hurt or to be shameful. Mm -hmm. But she said, you know, nobody needs to know all your business. So, you know, you don't have to go around telling everybody, you know, this story. Um, Nobody needs to know. And so Mm -hmm. I, at seven, eight years old, kind of took that and ran with it so I can't tell anybody that I'm adopted because what if they laugh at me what if they talk about me uh but my mom when she told us about our adoption uh she started off by saying you know your doctors didn't think that you were gonna make it so when we were in our birth mother's womb they only thought she was having one baby um they didn't see me so that was about seven months Well, soon after that, we were born. So we were born two months premature. And that is when they learned that I was there also. I was behind my brother. But the doctors told my mom that I had, me personally, not my brother, I had one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana pill. And if you look at that metaphor and pull it apart, that basically means you are hanging on by a thread. And my mom, my mom who adopted us, basically destroyed that that thought that she wasn't going to make it, that I wasn't going to make it. And so uh, with the, oh my gosh, just miracle that God provides, he, he, he provides miracles. Uh, he makes liars out of humans who think that they know more. And he had it such that 
I was nursed back to health. I was nursed into, you know, staying in the hospital for a few months, obviously, because of our special needs. Um, my brother weighed a little over a pound. I weighed just a pound when we were born, but we got the help that we needed. We got the nourishment that we needed. And, you know, my mom and dad adopted us before we were one. So we went through our whole adoption process without going through foster care, but um, they adopted us very, very young. And for that, I will be eternally grateful. Um, if you were to see my progress from infant, newborn, through just my high school years, there were some really, really great achievements. And I talk about this more in my book about how, honestly, the discipline that my parents had to activate to bring two new babies into the house after their own two kids have become self-sufficient. I have an older brother who is eight years older than us and an older sister who's seven years older than us. But to have two parents who decided, you know what, we want to bring these two babies into our home and raise them as our own. I mean, if you saw a family picture, we fit right in. But that takes discipline and it takes a certain shift in your mindset that you have to know that there is work to be done. And are you committed to doing that work? And are you committed to doing the work daily? Because it's not about you can't take mm -hmm. you can't take care of kids part time. You can't you can't nurse back kids, you know, to their health every other day mm -hmm. or do it today and not do it tomorrow or the next day. You have it's a daily choice. And that's really what discipline is. It's a daily choice. Mm -hmm. So I am grateful, grateful, so very grateful to my parents to who decided that they were going to be disciplined in raising us in a very healthy way. And I mean, again, nobody can debate me on the greatness of them. Or the greatness of God. Because when I say purpose, if y'all didn't hear purpose, when y'all listened to her story, I don't know what you was just <laughs> listening to. Because it's a lot just to conceive a child. <laughs> but for a child to come here in this world early and you have to nurse her. First off, they didn't even know you was there. Let's start there. Ooh. How many of us are living our lives right now feeling like people don't see us? We walk into the room and we just become invisible, right? And we're like, God, why they don't see me? And it's like, but God can still use you though right you just gotta have faith in that and when you say every time i hear the story and every time you say these particular words it it gives me goosebumps and chills you know she has one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel like there was there's no hope in that statement there was no hope in that statement like they had literally counting you out and that just hurts my feelings because it's like how do you not have any hope like none just give up there's, there's nothing we can do there's the, the and you think you know you're talking 81 right yeah so people are well aware science modern science has come some way you know it's completely different from what it was in 81 as it is in 2019 mm -hmm. but to literally tell someone another human being 
that yeah she she's just she's not gonna make it she's here we see her she's visible <laughs> but no sorry you know look to taking him home but not her wow that's and that's why that's that's a great example of why we need to become advocate of advocate for ourselves because people just don't they don't see you know they lean on their knowledge their understanding you know and then they project it on on you but you have to know who you are you have to advocate for yourself and you just have to you have to fight for what it is that that you believe in like even if you know again kudos shout out to your parents because number one they went into a situation thinking they was going to have one child how many people would have ran away from the challenge of having two like ooh, that's not what i signed up for right so not only does this baby have challenges but you giving me two babies with challenges so shout out to you know shout out to your parents for just you know going all in being disciplined like you said and just leaning a little hard on on their faith and not just taking what the doctor said for face value because yes Yes, he's a doctor. Yes, he has, you know, medical degree and knowledge and experience and all that other good stuff. But you still, you know, have your own opinion. You still need to make your own decision. You take what the doctor has to say into consideration and then you do what's best for you, you know, and that's something that we should do in every area of our life, right? You know, how just, just once you, like, I know it, once you heard the story when you was eight, you know, shame was initially tied to it. Cause you're right. Your mom, she was, she's probably just said that just to protect you. Right. Oh, because you know how kids can be, you know, um, with bullying and, and teasing and, and stuff like that. But how do you think knowing your story helped you to shape who you are and your contribution to the world? Wow. Great question. I think that it forced me to stay laser focused during times where I could have easily been rocked, right? Easily been influenced by peer pressure, easily been influenced by things going on around me. So it's, it's so divine how you, you're asking these questions like, oh my God, I wrote, I, I wrote about that. And she, <laughs> she wants She's been in my head. I ain't even read the book yet. <laughs> I haven't read the book yet. Oh my goodness. I told you I'm your groupie girl. I'm loving it. I am loving it. Um, oh my gosh. So I it is a true testament to commitment. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time in my youth being picked on, like just like any other kid, right? I was a stick figure, you know, I would always get compared to this girl or that girl, whatever. But I literally, I mean, there were people who did desire to have my attention and talk to me, but I literally did not date often or people that I probably wanted to. I was afraid to because I was like, I don't know who my... <laughs> I don't know who my birth family is. So for that reason, oh I could be potentially dating my family. So no. Please wow. That's real tough. So, I mean, I, and, and I didn't think about it as a teenager, right? But that's kind of a mature way of looking at things. It's like, I, even if I really, really liked somebody, I mean, I, I did have boyfriends, but Please believe they went through an FBI standard <laughs> class, G14 classified interview before, like, who is your mother? 
what's their last name? Who is your father? What are they like? Who's your grandmother? What are they? What's your last name of your ancestors? I need to know these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I instead of dating, you know, often as we do in our teens and, and, and meeting new people, I really did not do that as much. And so my time was not spent necessarily always having a boyfriend, talking to someone. It was spent on my craft, which was my sport of track and field. So if I had not really honed in on my gifts of being a a great athlete, I mean, who knows what I would have been doing. I literally cannot tell you what I would be doing had I not taken the opportunity, again, discipline, to discipline myself and stick with something like a sport that my my parents didn't do sports, my siblings did not do sports, um, that was pretty much foreign to everyone in my immediate family. So how did you get in sports? Oh, peer pressure. (laughs) (laughs) In eighth grade, they're like, you should run track with us. And I'm like, I'm not running, running where, what are we doing? And so, and I watched the Olympics and I thought that, I mean, I had some, you know, people I idolized in the Olympics, you know, mm-hmm. Florence Griffiths Joyner, Jackie Joyner, Kirsty, you know, all of these people with great names um, that I looked up to, but I would, I never saw myself doing it. I mean, I, my extent of sports was field day and I probably went to soccer practice a couple of times, but my parents didn't have money to put me in sports and outfit me with all of the things that that are required to play sports. So I knew I had I knew I was fast in field day because I would get all the blue ribbons, but I was not doing sports. And where I'm from, we didn't necessarily have middle school sports. So in eighth grade, we were able to compete with the high school team and they kind of labeled us as JV. Yeah. After my eighth grade year, a lot of my friends fell off from competing. Some stayed, but I was one of the ones who stayed and I stuck with it. And I ran until I was 33 years old. I ran and competed until I was 33 years old. And so that is the commitment that I showed to my sport. I mean, it got me into my dream school for free. So... I am eternally grateful for the experience that I have knowing where I came from, knowing that if I had zero chance of living according to doctors and now I'm here, there, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose and I don't know what that is yet, but I just got to keep living and I have to keep doing those things that are that if it's in my discernment that I should be doing, that I should be sticking with, that I'm going to do. And that's kind of what, that's what led me to all of the achievements that I have been able to be blessed with over the course of my life so far is because I decided to stay committed and I, I decided to stay disciplined to that thing that I knew was a purpose, was my purpose, but not really knowing exactly what it is. And it's led me to some amazing opportunities. It's led me to some amazing pitfalls. (laughs) But in it all, it's created me to be a person of strength, resilience, um, discipline, focus. We all fall off the wagon. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that I haven't fallen off the wagon, but I just know how to easily get back on. 
-hmm. And it's because of my experiences. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you say, <laughs> Jason, your, your purpose, even though you didn't, wasn't clear on what it was, led you to some, you know, some amazing things and also to some amazing pitfalls. Because yeah. let me tell you, chasing purpose is not easy. You're going to trip, you're going to fall, uh, it's going to hurt, you're going to scrape your knee, but you, you need to keep going, right? You need to keep going after it. And I love the fact that you used your, you know, your, your birth story as motivation to chase purpose figure it out you know because a lot of us you know we all have some type of traumatic experience that we all have gone through and we experience and you know some of us are able to take it repurpose it and use it for our good and some of us it, it really like bogs us down it keeps us hostage you know and I love the fact that she was able to articulate to us how you was able to use that experience and 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 use it to motivate you and keep you disciplined for doing the work that you are doing today. And discipline is something that I think a lot of us lack. Um, you talk about it a whole lot. Um, why do you think we lack discipline? And, and tell us why discipline is like super important, but why do we lack discipline? Why is that? You know, I, I think that a lot of us lack discipline because we are not clear on if we have a purpose. Mm. So a lot of us get to the point where it's like, I know I have a purpose. I know I'm supposed to be doing this. But there are a lot of us who I believe don't even know that it hasn't clicked for them that they do have a purpose. And if you don't, if you're unsure if you have a purpose, um, that's a very, very internal thing, right? It's, It's something that we have to do some soul searching and work for, but the way to get to that place where it's like, you know, you have a purpose is because when you speak with other people, when you interact with others, there is a certain spark that we don't see ourselves first, but others see. And if we are in tune to being open to hearing feedback from others, we will know, we will learn over time, if we are in tune with it, what that purpose is, that we have a purpose. And then it's up to us to figure out what that purpose is. You know, what is that thing that people are always yeah. applauding you for? What is that thing that people are always coming to you for? Whether it's your listening ear, whether it's your advice, whether it's your talent with your hands, whether it's how you serve others we need to really embrace the fact that those around us, even though we are meant to serve, so is everybody else. So when everyone is coming to us with feedback about who we are and what they see, we need to be in tune with that. Mm-hmm. And that is how we often get to the discernment of, I do have a purpose. Yes, I am here for a reason. And from there, we then move forward to, okay, I know I'm here for something. Well, what is that? And that is when you have to start really, again, digging. You got to dig deep for this stuff. Uh, a lot of it is in plain sight, but there are some things that we have to dig deep for. I did a live uh, earlier this week or, or last week. It was this week, actually. And it was on healing through discipline. 
Mm. And I, I have been doing a lot of research on discipline. Um, I, I thought that if that was what I was going to be a teacher of, that I needed to really delve into what it actually meant. And a lot of the talk that I saw and heard from people and saw online had me culminate my own definition of what discipline is. And I'm going to read that to you. And what I put together for self-discipline is okay. your ability to control your selfish desires in order to stay laser focused on the tasks required to achieve your goals. Ooh, say that again, girl. So self-discipline is your ability to control your selfish desires in order to stay laser focused on the tasks required to achieve your goals. Ooh, that's deep. And I thought that selfish, I, I, I struggled just for a really, really short time with adding selfish to that because we all have desires, right? I desire to be able to eat healthy on a regular basis. I desire to have a partner who understands me fully and is, is willing and open to look, continuing learning me. But when we have selfish desires, those selfish desires I've learned become distractions on our journey to our goals. Give us an example of a selfish desire. So a selfish desire is... I want to make, I want to write this book to make money versus I'm creating a solution for people to be impacted and have great results. Mm. If I were to create this book, I, because I, I surely had to do some soul searching in this. If I created something that I just thought that it would be easy to just make money in, it would crumble. Because I would lose the self-discipline in the daily tasks that I needed to do in order to make my goal of having my book happen. Mm. So I had to be able to control that selfish desire. Does, do we want money? Absolutely. We want to be able to sustain ourselves on this earth while we are here. And money is one of those mediums that we all need. Yeah. But if I have the selfish desire of just wanting to make money, my self, my self-discipline would wane. So my ability to control my selfish desire of wanting money had to come with how am I impacting people with, with my life story? How am I able to influence and encourage someone to shift their own mindset about what they believe about themselves and how they can work well and live well, discipline themselves so they can have their dream goals happen? If I can create that solution for someone, if I can create that encouragement for someone to take action on their own goals, then I now have activated self-discipline and eliminated my selfish desire to have money because the money is going to come anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the impact, the impact of being able to see other people flourish is my what is my joy. It's what brings me joy. That's my result is to bring impact not make money see and and what you just said is how you culminate self-awareness and discipline all together because being in tune with your natural talents and skills that's a part of self-awareness being open to seeing how others see you that is also self-awareness but like you say it starts with the 
a person knowing or believing that number one, that they have a purpose. Cause a lot of us, we think that we don't based off of the trauma that we have gone through in which it is the complete opposite of that. It's because of the trauma that you have gone through is the reason why you have purpose. You have purpose because you are here, period. Even if you are someone who's never had a traumatic experience, right? Um, you still have purpose. Like you don't have to go through something incredibly bad in order to have have a purpose. And And just because you have gone through some type of traumatic experience doesn't mean that you are not able to impact someone else because you are absolutely able to impact. And I think once we, a person will have to really believe that wholeheartedly in order for them to embrace their purpose, right? And in order for them to be able to, you know, not have those selfish desires that you so eloquently, you know, described to us uh, just now. But it, it requires peeling back the layers. What does that mean? Because we hear that phrase a lot, peeling back the layers. It means really like going into your inner core and really unlocking those beliefs, you know, literally hearing what it is that you're saying to yourself in your head and figuring out where did that come from? Where did that thought come from? Why do I feel that way? Why am I thinking this way? And literally answering those questions, right? Because that's all a part of self-awareness. And, you know, and that's a scary path to go down, which is why I, you know, provide self-awareness coaching because I know how scary that is because, Going down that, that path, it can be a slippery slope. It can, you know, send you in greater depression than what you already in. But if you have somebody that's willing to walk that path with you, which is why I started my business, The Sister's Truth, you know, it makes it a whole lot easier. Yes. You know, it makes it a whole lot easier. So we can have the discipline that we need to um, chase the purpose that we have because it takes discipline to say yes to your purpose every day because we literally have to say yes to our purpose every single day maybe multiple times a day to if we're going to be completely real right because our purpose sets us apart from everyone else right the calling that's on your life there is nobody else on this god-given earth who can fulfill that particular calling and because of that, because of the traumatic experiences that we've gone through, because of the, you know, we want to be validated, because we want to be accepted, because we want to feel loved, you know, we tend to, you know, take our purpose, put it in a box and put it up on the shelf because I would rather do whatever it is that's going to make you want me. Right. You and know, not answering the call to ourselves. Right. Not answering the call to who God has created us to be mm -hmm. putting us in a box and making us robotic and like everyone else and having a certain level of discipline, you know, it takes a certain amount of vulnerability. And I think people are scared of vulnerability. Oh yes. People are afraid of vulnerability and they think it means weakness and it doesn't, it means strength. It's so it's so much strength in in vulnerability, being transparent to people. And that's not saying I got to tell all my business and my, 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 my life to the world, mm -hmm. but it's showing someone else, Hey, I'm human too. Yeah. It's showing someone else. 
I love you enough to show you how I have been able to navigate various parts of my life. I think vulner there's love in vulnerability. I think there's love in discipline. Mm-hmm. And when we can share that, that is how we share. When, when you hear the whole share love, like be love, that's how you show love. You show your discipline. You show your commitment. You show your vulnerability to people. And, th- and, and with healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. you're able to create a tapestry of connections between people that is amazing. And, and that's how networking is, right? You, yeah. you network to create connection. Well, you show people connection through love and love doesn't have to be romantic. We try to pinpoint certain mm-hmm. things and make one word mean one thing. And that's just not the case, especially with something like love, especially with something like discipline, um, with vulnerability. You know, we've, we've labeled vulnerability as weakness. We've labeled discipline as strict. And, you know, we've labeled love as, you know, romantic. And all of those three things have varying meanings. It's all in how you apply it to your life. And again, when it comes down to it, the root of it all is how are we going to be of service to each other? How are we going to be of service to one another? Utilizing discipline, being vulnerable with people and showing love. Yeah, I love that. Give us three ways that we can be more disciplined in our life. What are three life hacks? Because I know um, people are getting the message right now, right? And they're probably like, yeah, I do need to be more disciplined, but how? (laughs) That is like the buzzword. That's like the $6 million question, right? How do you you stay so disciplined? How do you be disciplined? Um, I actually created a strategy that is laid is laid out completely in my entire book the um the jump that counts that i call carpe diem so i always say if you want to seize your day got to be disciplined you want to seize your day to discipline your day um in order to seize your day so i take dm which is day and i break it down into four things so the fourth thing is kind of like the bonus but The first three letters in DM are what I have deemed to be ways in order to be disciplined. So first, you have to decide to commit. Mm. You have to decide that you're going to commit to that thing that you are wanting to do or have or be a way that you want to be. If you want to be a person who is a better time manager, if you want to, you know, have an amazing relationship with your family or your partner, if you want to, you know, do something amazing, like, you know, create your own business, you Mm -hmm. have to decide off the jump that you are going to commit to that thing. And in committing to that thing, you have to decide, is this the right season in my life that I'm doing this? Because Mm -hmm. If it's not the right season, you're going to have probably more roller coaster moments than necessary. So mm-hmm. everything that we do, we have to do it in the season that it's, it's meant for us to do. But deciding to commit is the first thing. The second thing that you need to do is you need to ideate your goals. And ideate isn't a word that everyone uses often. But when I looked up the word ideate, it means to conceive of an idea. So you need to be able to see your ideas in vivid color. You need to see it out loud. You need to see it, dream it, feel it, think it, smell it, 
hear it. You need to be able to take whatever goal that is that you have, that you're looking to be disciplined in, in having happen and see it like nobody else sees it because our goals are our goals. Yeah. My goal can't be your goal in this, even if we want, both want the same thing. So I'll use fitness as an example, because it's always an easy reference for people to understand. Right. If both of us want to lose five pounds, my method of losing five pounds and your method of losing five pounds is going to be very different, even though we have the same goal. How do I see myself losing five pounds? How do you see yourself losing five pounds? You need to see, you need to be able to see that and ideate that for yourself. And if I give you my strategy and it doesn't work, you're going to be mad at me because you wasted time trying to run my race instead of running your race. Yeah. Or if you tried to give me your recipe for your meal plan. It might make me sick because I might be allergic to something that you have. Mm -hmm. So we always have to be able to ideate our own goals so that they work for us. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to see them big without regard to what other people are saying. We have to block out the naysayers. We need to cut the fluff during this time and mm -hmm. figure out what matters to us because our goals are worth us having. Our goals are worthy of us having them. Mm -hmm. So the next, the E in DM is executing your plan well. And I have to always say well, because we can all execute, but how do we stay consistent? Mm -hmm. How do we do it well so that it works for us in the season that we're in? So you need to be able to prioritize what you're going to do, how you're going to, how you're going to do it. And I piggyback off of a lot of people in this right, but reverse engineering things, it just works. You got to see the end goal in mind, yeah. but you have to be able to backtrack and see, okay, what steps did it take in this, in this portion of the journey? If I backtrack, okay, during this month, should I be doing this? During this week, should I be doing this? Today, should I do this? You have to be able to reverse engineer your execution so that you can then execute it well and things will fall into place the way that they're supposed to. And then my bonus, M, the mm -hmm. M and DM, is maintaining your life well. Maintaining your life well while you're executing mm -hmm. your plan requires a set shifted mindset. That shifted mm -hmm. mindset is mm -hmm. I'm dedicated to what I'm doing. I am not allowing distractions to get in my way. And mm -hmm. if I fall off, this is how I'm going to recover because we're still human, yeah. we still like to have fun, we still like to go out with our friends, spend time with people we love, we have our you know, indulgences, and we need to be able to be honest with ourselves with those things, because if we're not honest with ourselves and those things that we like, then we're gonna feel guilty when we do them. And that is why we need to maintain our lives well, because we often allow our indulgences when it comes to discipline to become guilt versus being free and and honest with ourselves with this is what I like and this is what I'm going to do and I'm okay with that. So that's my carpe diem strategy to living your best life and living your disciplined life. So working well, living well, all goes hand in hand when it comes to being disciplined, when it comes to having your goals happen, when it comes to being able to serve each other well while we're serving ourselves well. So I really liked M and I liked M because when we set goals, we only focus on the things that we are to restrict. We get so focused on 
you know, achieving a particular goal that we take away all of the pleasure, the things that bring us joy and happiness away because I need to stay disciplined and stay and stay focused. People equate discipline and focus to, you know, not hanging out, not watching TV, not doing whatever, not going to get your massages, not doing whatever it is that brings you happiness and bring you joy. And I'm not saying that, um, you shouldn't take away those things because depending on on you and who you are, maybe you need to cut back on that a little bit, you know, as well. But it's nothing wrong with ha still having a good time because when you take away all the joy and the happiness of out of achieving and going after that goal or chasing your purpose, then that puts a message in your mind that this is hard. Right. And then you equate, you know, setting goals and chasing purpose to restriction. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and having lack of something, you, you, you equate that to, you know, I have to take away something in order to gain something. And this, that's just simply not the case. It does not have to be the case. And it's, it's funny because I went to therapy, um, last week and I had to realize that I realized in therapy that I was doing that to myself, you know, mm -hmm. I would fall off and I was beating myself up and didn't realize I was beating myself up and therapy helped me to realize that that's what it was that I was doing so what I need to do is just own up to whatever mistake that I had own up to it you know understand for myself that I am human it's going to happen and maybe not be so strict on myself Right. Because I, I feel like when we, you know, put so many restrictions on us, we set ourselves up to we set ourselves up to fail. Right. Because yeah. we adding all these restrictions as if we're going to do it perfectly and nobody does anything perfectly. And I think that's a part of why we tend to fail, which nothing wrong with failure. There are lessons in failure, but why we tend to uh not come back to discipline is because we create this box, like you said, of restriction and it's just rigorous and this is what we do and I can't do anything else because I'm focused here. Yeah. Again, selfish desires say, well, I can't do this because I have to do that. Well, yes, you do have to do that. But if you desire to have your goal happen, you have to, you have to know that you are still human and what you like is not a bad thing. We can't turn our our simple pleasures into things that are bad. Yeah. Nothing is good or bad. It just is what it is. And if you like it, great. How are you going to continue to work towards your plan? You know, how are you going to continue to work towards that goal that you have? Because I mean, you can look through my feed at any given time and somewhere along the line I'm having fun somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's in my stories. I mean, I just spent the last two weekends at two different homecomings and I felt all right doing them. <laughs> I mean, I felt really good about going out and spending each one of those days with people that I care about, reminiscing with some of my former athletes. But it didn't take away from the fact that I knew that there was work to be done. I knew that I had things on, on a certain schedule and plan that I wanted to do. And those things got done too. Now, if I get to a place where I'm overindulging, okay, activating those, paying attention to those selfish desires, then 
that's when I have to step back and ask myself some reevaluating questions. Is this the goal that I still want to do? Do I still want this? Because that's also a sign of, uh, it's a sign of if your shift in your goal has changed. You know, if you maybe you don't want that goal as badly as you said you wanted to, that's why it's so important to really decide to commit to that thing. I decided back in, honestly, November, December of 2018 that I was going to write this book, knowing the sacrifice that it would that it would bring in 2019. Mm-hmm. But the more I stayed focused on what it was I wanted to do in particular seasons of my life, that is how things rolled out the way that they did for me over the course of this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy with the way that things have rolled out because I've been able to have things happen that I want to have happen. I mean, I spoke at a conference um, earlier this year, the Women's uh, Wellness and Business Conference in Dover, Delaware, that, I mean, uh, you just don't know how God is going to bring certain things into your presence. And when that opportunity became, you know, a life-giving, life-breathing thing, and I was able to be a part of that, you know, it was a blessing for me to be, again, be able to share my story, be able to share what I am purposed with to impact others. Mm-hmm. So you never know how, where your blessings are going to come from, but you just got to keep your eyes open and peeled and, and keep your hands open. Um, because if we keep our hands closed and we're closed off to all of our opportunities, but as long as we have our hands open, our opportunities are always open and right in front of us, we just have to pay attention. I absolutely agree, you know, and a a thing too that a lot of us need to take into consideration as well is that our goals need to align with our purpose. When When our goals are an extension of our purpose, when our goals are, you know, set with the mindset or the uh, intention of putting our purpose in action, it makes it a little bit easier to be disciplined and to stick to those goals. I think a lot of us set goals at the top of the year, especially for the top of the year, that has nothing to do with our purpose. Right. Sometimes our goals are uh, selfish, if you will. Um, um, According to those selfish desires, the, you know, the example that you gave earlier and so you know in my class strategize your vision I teach you how to create a vision that's based off of your purpose right because it's it's a strategy it's a strategy you need to get clear on your own what your purpose is and then you need to create a vision based off of your purpose and then from there that's where you set the goals you know to to put into place that's going to help you to manifest your vision that will ultimately put your purpose in action so when there's alignment across the board it makes it a little easier for you to stay disciplined you know and achieve your goals it also makes it easier for you to come in contact with those opportunities that are to bless you right because you are you know operating your greatness and you are in alignment with what it is that God has created you you to do so you're naturally working in your element right so you're going to naturally attract the right people and opportunities you know to do what it is that you need to do right and and in turn you are serving and helping other people so it's a it's a whole, it's a whole strategy, but it comes, it goes back to purpose. It goes back to everyone knowing, understanding, and believing with their whole heart that they have a purpose. 
you know, and um, that's definitely something that we all can work on every single day, especially at the top of the year. Throughout the year, all throughout the year, but especially at the top of the year, because usually that's the time where um, people decide that they're going to make a change in their life. (laughs) So that's when we need to really focus on that. But friend, sis, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Listen, I have so enjoyed talking to you. It's just you you helped me to bring back these memories that I tend to forget about over the course of a year or two. And it's like, yeah, that was that was some dope stuff that happened back there. Or oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, why am I not doing that again? I should be doing that. And I just, I really love, I love chatting with you. And I really, really thank you for your service to women and what you do with, with the sisters. It's, it's amazing work. It's amazing work. And I know that women's lives are being impacted. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I received that. Thank you so much for, for that. And uh, I know that um, people have been poured into today just by, just by listening to you. But before, before I let you go, tell us a, a book or, or audible that you recommend that has changed your life or impacted your life. Wow. A book that has changed my life and you can find it in a hard copy and on audible, honestly speaking. And I've read it twice. Mm-hmm. now in the last year it's called atomic habits mm. by james clear i actually got the book uh suggestion from one of my branding coaches or my branding coach um maya Elias. um she showed in her stories one day and she had a couple of quotes up and i was like i need to find that book and so i love audible i love hard copy books i have plenty of them but i love audible because i can listen to them on the road i can listen to them and i travel a lot on my own and so i downloaded the book and i have listened to it probably two and a half times now it's such a, an amazing simple common sense book about habits and how we create them, how we break them, how we build them. Uh, and it applies to all facets of life. So that's a book that I definitely suggest everyone taking advantage of listening to or reading. Okay, awesome. I would definitely, I'm definitely gonna have to check that one out. And Seamus Plug, go ahead and plug in your book too, girl. Oh, yes. So my book, The Jump That Counts, Embracing Discipline So You Can Win at What Matters, will be available on my shop, on my website at www.dlg, and that's T-H-E-E-L-L-E-G-E-E.com slash shop. You can also find it on Amazon and Kindle. It's also available on Kindle. Nice, 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 nice. So one last question before I let you go. When describing the meaning of living your truth, what is your third word when you hear these two words put together? Okay. Okay. Self-awareness, purpose, and... Self-awareness, purpose, joy. Mm, That's a good one. When you can have self-awareness and you know your purpose... Mm-hmm. It will automatically bring you joy. Mm-hmm. I love that. I yeah. love that. That was good. Thank you, Sean. You're amazing. 
I cannot wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You're such a blessing to my life. I love you. Thank you. I love you. I really hope this episode brings home the fact that you are not an accident. And surely you probably heard that before, or some of you probably hear it all the time, but Sean's story is truly an example of how, you know, when you are meant to be in this world, there's nothing that can stop that. So just by knowing that fact alone should give you a burst of energy to do what it is that God has told you to do. And you know what that thing is, because it's that thing that's going to stretch you outside of your comfort zone. And it's that thing that scares the hell out of you. And I get it. I get why you haven't moved on it. I get why you have analysis paralysis. But family, it's time for you to move forward. It's time for you to take that first step, because there is something that you need to do there's a void that only you can feel and now that you know that discipline is the key element that you need to pursue your purpose relentlessly you can start today right now discipline is a skill that we all can tap into but it takes a commitment and for some of you it's going to take a mental shift if you need help with that mental shift and need help with moving past the mental roadblocks then let's connect go to LakeishaWooder.com forward slash coaching. Because contrary to your popular belief, your story, your testimony really matters. And next week, we're going to talk about why. We're going to deep dive into how your testimony can truly bless someone else. So family, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast every week. Please remember to leave a five-star rating, comment, and share with everyone that you know. Because family, as you know, I did set a lofty goal to hit 1 million million downloads within the next two years. And I can only do it with your help. So please remember to share and talk about living her truth. I appreciate you so, so much. My heart is full of gratitude. And until next time, always remember that you are enough and your truth is beautiful.